0: ah what is filling your glass today i am
1: drinking an ice cold guinness the smoothest beer in the world don't (laughs) interrupt my sales
0: pitch please sorry you always drink ice cold guinnesses you should tweet them ask them what multiple guinnesses are guineas (laughs) i can't even say it that's that's a but that's a uh, uh currency yeah of beer or was a currency yeah a currency of beer have we misread history this whole time? And Guineas is actually just people <laughs> trading multiple Guinness. <laughs> multiple what? Guinness? Guineas? Guinnesses? It's impossible to even talk about. So we shan't. <laughs> what are you drinking today, Rob? Um, I've also, look, time difference is 12 hours, but I've decided uh, just drinking coffee, I've obviously also had a coffee, uh, is not sufficient for mm-hmm. this conversation. So I've got myself a Nail, which is a local brewery, Pale Ale. And it's not a breakfast beer, but I'm doing it anyway. Commitment. I thought you were gonna say commendable. I got exciting. I got excited. Damn it! <laughs> I finally became exciting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Damn, exciting. Yeah. Large time distance also equals large physical distance. So you're indeed uh, it does. Yeah, you're hanging out in Boston. I'm in Perth. Uh, how far is that, Lloyd? Rob, that is approximately. Six million one
1: hundred and thirty three thousand two hundred and forty eight lions if they were lined up head to tail.
0: That's too many. If they were lined up head to tail, ignoring the fact that there's a bunch of ocean in between, they would immediately not be lined up head to tail and be like, here we are to take over the
1: world. Counterpoint. We've actually hired six million one hundred and thirty three thousand two hundred and forty eight of the best lion tamers that we could get our hands on. Really so they're thought, all very organized. I really thought
0: you were gonna go with illegal poachers there. <laughs> dark very dark (laughs) that's what's happening uh anyway yeah that's that's heaps far depressing
1: lion poaching aside welcome to the unintelligent chat show where we discuss intelligent things unintelligently super unintelligently as such what have you learned this week
0: rob this week i didn't learn a lot but i learned one thing good uh good introduction of of animals in uh in the beginning uh i'm speaking about raccoons so originally, I say originally in my mind, at least originally, when I first thought about them, I thought of like you know dirty rabies-ridden rodents that are like the scourge of Pawnee, Indiana, as they infest the fictional town hmm. in Parks and Rec, um, and you know well known for eating trash and stealing people's food and just being general nuisances. Trash th- pandas. Yeah, trash pandas. Ah, I didn't even think about that. It's true though. More recently though, I feel like people have seen adorable videos of them and the perception about raccoons has changed at least on the internet now they're kind of like just cute little masked rubbers doing adorable things so like what well yeah so i say i learned something this week i didn't just think about raccoons i saw a video that i've seen before uh where one of the silly little dudes has like nabbed himself or herself i guess or themself uh some fairy floss uh, and oh. proceeds to try and give it a little wash in like a puddle or a creek. And it obviously dissolves. And it's just like hilariously confused and sad that its fairy floss has disappeared. And that made me chuckle. And I was like, why did he do that? So I then proceeded to uh, to learn about raccoon food washing this week. Because it's adorable and also super weird. Continue. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm not the first person to notice that they do this. Uh, that would have
1: been incredible if you like were published in Nature as the first person to discover
0: that raccoons clean their food. Yeah, just no one's ever watched them before. Just ignored them. <laughs> They're small and adorable, uh, and turns out they wash a bunch of their food. Um, so some real scientists, <laughs> not Rob scientists, uh, did some studies. And the first studies showed that uh, raccoons washed meat more often than they wash plants. Uh, hmm. but then on the other on the on the flip side they didn't go about like washing dirty earthworms that they were going to eat. I guess side note raccoons are like true omnivores. They pretty much eat anything they can get their mitts on. It's actually what I was just about to ask you because I didn't know they ate meat. Yeah. But they I mean they're not going to take down a cow and have a steak dinner. They scavenge. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. small, smaller rodents and things like earthworms, I guess. Um, but then uh, they did the same study without the presence of water, and they basically do, like, the same thing with their little hands. Um, so, they're like, well, this is not for cleaning. They're just doing something silly. And after more, more studies, obviously. The true learning is that they uh, wash, in inverted commas, but it enhances the tactile experience involved with eating. Which is a weird. I'm so center. disappointed that you said that
1: because I had been building up to call bullshit on your washing fact, but it
0: appears that you actually did more than my ten <laughs> seconds of research, which makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I just assumed they wash it, and uh, the rest of the rest of my my half an hour segment is going to be on something else. So it yeah, enhances the tactile experience involved with eating, and I want you to tell me what that means.
1: Okay, so I actually don't know the why. Well, all I read is that they have super sensitive and also adorable tiny hands. Adorable tiny hands. They're super cute, super sensitive. I think it was like 10 times what we have nerves in our hands. Oh. But I also don't know why that would help other than maybe figuring out what it is. Like the way that we have certain smells that are bad and certain tastes that are bad. That maybe stuff feels bad that poisons them. I have no idea.
0: Ah, like you're pretty much on the right track apparently raccoons have not so good vision so they use a combination of touch and sight to see what they're doing basically to help identify their food is the current thinking anyway and yes is this like like how a blind
1: person memorizes faces by touching and they can like recognize people
0: oh yeah i guess so i didn't i didn't i didn't read anything further about that they know like what i mean i guess if you picked up a worm you would know what it felt like compared to picking up trash misc trash but yeah it's because they don't have super great vision so they they just kind of feel all their stuff and be like yeah that seems good to eat and then eat it i'd love to know their uh their rules for what feels good yeah i wonder if anyone's seen them doing that and then they just go like oh no and chuck it away like it's a full big mac and they're like i've never felt this before this must be absolute trash doesn't seem right (laughs) absolute trash then they would eat it lloyd um so, you mentioned they have adorable paws. I think they're so cute because instead of like, you know, dog paws or whatever, they look like they have hands because mm. they've got five fingers. D- digis, I guess. Throwback to episode one. They've got five digis. Nice. Um, and got, Good callback. Like, yeah. Like you said, they've got good um, heaps of nerves in there and pretty good dexterity. So, in that sense, they're kind of similar to primates, which I, you know cousins to humans but the only difference is that they you know when you see them grabbing stuff they're always like grabbing it with both paws which is i think also a reason why they look really cute and like holding it around with two paws whereas obviously humans and monkeys can you know grab and manipulate things with one hand which is probably why they can use tools and stuff whereas raccoons are still just running around eating trash
1: because it's super adorable when my dog grips like a bone between her two paws yeah but just if she picked it up in one paw, that would be terrifying.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> stands up on her hind legs looks at you. <laughs> I have evolved. So, yeah, that's that's what I learned this week. Uh, oh, and the whole water thing. They, so, they do it, obviously, if there's no water. But apparently, water, so wetting their paws where all the nerves are, increases the sensitivity or, like, the responsiveness of those nerves. So, <laughs> it just makes, like, they get more info out of it. It's cool. Yeah. Interesting stuff. There are the the scientific name of the raccoon, or like the common raccoon, I guess, is the Procyon lotor, which translates to washing bear, <laughs> which is actually very apt for your fact. Yeah, highly appropriate. Is, is that Latin? Oh, I have to assume so. Aren't yeah. all science things Latin? Yes. <laughs> As a non-scientist, yes.
1: <laughs> yes. In the process of spending approximately. 60 to 90 seconds researching raccoons learning that they don't in fact wash their food and then being
0: crushed by the fact that you also found that first link Uh, so that was the basis for your whole response i'm gonna tell rob that he's wrong and we'll just cut the whole podcast (laughs) no i I had assumed that you knew but a part of me wanted to
1: to be like gotcha journalism break the news sorry about that i did some research on other animals that do weird shit when they eat oh nice me too which what have you got you may you may have also done which i thought you may have um so i i got two two animals did you research the northern shrike no tell me about the northern a, shrike. it is a bird a bird that shares quite a lot in common with uh vlad the impaler oh no no he was a bad dude this bird is metal this bird skewers insects and small vertebrates on like rose thorns or maybe twigs that are really sharp in uh-huh. order to hold them still because they don't eat them whole there's only parts of them they eat oh, and so it's, it's too just difficult like, with like a writhing bug so they in they impale them and then just pluck out the bits they want
0: <laughs> just like nibbling on these <laughs> impaled worms yeah it's oh, uh, it's yeah. insane it's so brutal hectic uh, all right, I'll go. Have you? Did you read about skua? Skua? Skua birds. I did not. Oh, that's awesome. This is working super well. So they basically just look like a big evil seagull. And I didn't look far enough into it to know where they're from or what else they do. <laughs> but it all boils down to that basically they aggressively harass other birds until the other birds throw up their food so that the skua bird can eat it what a shitty bird <laughs> it's so annoying it's like, imagine do, bullying do it, someone so much they threw up <laughs> it's like inducing so much anxiety that they vomit that's and awful you, or you, and you get to eat their vomit Ugh.
1: has has this other bird so in in this storyline this what did you call it the skewer uh s-k-u-a I, i'm assuming skua skua uh it seems like he's the the protagonist and he's winning but what if these other birds have developed this as a defense mechanism it's like oh for fuck's sake here comes skewer again <laughs> <Blair>. just throw up <laughs> throw up on the floor and he'll leave <laughs> and they're
0: all laughing at him like look at him eat our vomit I'm a fool yeah maybe but i think uh the skewers also hang around where other birds hang out and like steal mm. their eggs and food and just like general assholes they sound like the worst right what else you got? I have another
1: another animal. Did yeah. you research the leaf cutter ant?
0: No. Oh,
1: it's oh great. We, <laughs> we got so many different animals. This sounds planned, but I promise you it wasn't. <laughs> the leaf cutter ant, also known among scientists as the farmer ant, is incredible. These leaf cutter ants, they will like cut leaves obviously, and then carry bits of the leaf back to their nest. Mm-hmm. They then pile these leaves up, add their saliva to it, and make oh. these leaves into a compost pile oh. and that compost pile grows fungus that they then feed to their young so they're literally farming mushrooms to feed to their young oh damn that's cool insane
0: blew my mind uh, all right this is my favorite one it's the mantis shrimp so it's just like a big old prawn for those in australia or a shrimp uh if you're in the states that kind of looks like it's the front to me, like the back looks like a prawn to me and the front kind of looks like a praying mantis. It's got those like boggly eyes and the, the big old limbs. And mm-hmm. it <laughs> it hunts by punching its prey to death. <laughs> it just like wails on... I didn't even read what it eat because I was enjoying the picture so much, but it just it just wails on them until they die and it eats them because it's got the big like snappy forearms. But apparently, even underwater, they can move at 50 miles per hour. The Like the punch motion. The snap of their arms it's doesn't
1: it create like an underwater like snap of sonic boom or something <laughs> it's probably not
0: quite that fast but uh they have been known to break aquarium glass by punching it <laughs> i assume in the process of trying to punch something to death near the edge of the aquarium they've broken the glass that's ah. insane but
1: that's also like hulk-like strength if i needed to eat something and i punched it that hard it would get so far away you'd be like oh now i've got to walk all the way over there and get the food i just beat to death
0: also i'm not sure i could beat anything to death unless it was like much smaller than me like i could i'd feel bad about it though i guess i don't do a lot of hunting
1: yeah i mean if you went out into the woods
0: and punched a rabbit as hard as you could you'd probably
1: have some food but you'd feel bad for like the rest of your life
0: (laughs) what'd you do in the forest i don't want to talk about it I survived. Yeah. That's all in, you need yeah, to know. In a life and death situation, I would, I'd, I'd potentially punch a rabbit to death.
1: Even, even then, like, you're right, I would do it. But I don't know if I'd tell anyone. Uh, They'd would, be like, why is Lloyd all of a sudden, like, putting a bunch of money into rabbit sanctuaries and, like, raising money for rabbits?
0: I don't <laughs> it's know. Got, it's got a lot of feelings. Uh, and the, uh, the only other one, so the mantis shrimp, uh, I loved that. The only other one was uh, somewhere in the Amazon, there are some butterflies... That drink turtle tears. Wow. Yeah. It's uh, ridiculous. It's So tears I get, right? Salty. There's got to yeah. be some electrolytes in there. That's that's like the whole reason. Specifically turtles? Uh, it could just be that they've been observed doing it to turtles because turtles do a lot of like sitting still, sunbaking. I guess, yeah. So a drink like the... floats down and is
1: like, thanks for your eyeballs. If you're going to drink the tears of an animal and you... You're looking at like the rainforest. Like, there's an alligator over there. Like, I'm probably going to go to the turtle. <laughs> oh, you never know snapping turtles? That's a thing, isn't it? We have snapping turtles in our backyard. Oh, do you backyard have they- being the behind of our apartment building?
0: Yeah, have they ever snapped at you or your
1: dog? No, we we were very wary because they're they're prehistoric. They they look super scary. They have like spines and scales and really kind of creepy. Yeah, but the turtle- tail has like stegosaurus spikes
0: on it no it doesn't i swear I, i've seen one in real life Ah, oh, have you seen one snapping i'm just gonna quickly google snapping turtles because that sounds terrifying and they live near so there's, you
1: there's two there's the alligator snapping turtle which is massive oh really the one we have in our little pond area is a common snapping turtle just so oh they do
0: look evil yeah they're intimidating yeah what Ah, oh, i think it's ah got a big old tail they suck they're the worst kind of turtles
1: the first time we saw them we were in the park with a there was a dad and his kids Mm. and being the responsible adult that i am i went over to the dad and i was like hey just let you know if your kids are playing down there, there's a big old snapping turtle i don't want them to like lose a finger Uh and him being the totally awesome dad that he was grabbed his kids he was like let's go and look at the snapping turtle and they all like (laughs) ran down to the the
0: water to look at it yeah nice. that's what it's all about yeah i assume they didn't get eaten we left they could have They may not be there anymore. Um, So, yeah, the the butterflies land on the turtles and and drink from their eyeballs for sodium because they don't get sodium from flowers or whatever else butterflies eat. I wonder if there's a detriment to turtles if it dries out their eyes. I guess they swim a lot, right? Just see a bunch of turtles that can't move their eyes, like they're (laughs) solidified open. A bunch of like really wide-eyed turtles just like, help me. (laughs) that's probably i got another solid throwback that's probably what tortonauts look like in space i assume things dry Uh out in space right i mean there's no water up there that's what they're looking for right water yeah for their eyeballs
1: (laughs) that's why all the turtles are up there (laughs) i i have actually got more animal facts about eating but celebrities but celebrities yeah
0: Weird celebrity eating habits. I got a top three that I'm going to hit you with. <laughs> How do you even? Let's talk about adorable raccoons, lions. Uh, we get some animal facts, and then we'll get the celebrity goss. They're essentially animals. They're for entertainment. Oh yeah, true. God, but I love animals way more than I love celebrities.
1: No, it's absolutely. You're right. You're spot on. But let's manipulate and use celebrities for our own
0: gain. Yeah, good. First up is. Jessica Biel. Yeah, can I guess? You tell me who they are and I'll guess what they do. Because there's a lot oh, of bad hers, habits. Hers, the food is normal. Oh, okay. But it's where she eats the food. Oh. Oh. She, uh, she eats while pooping. Close. You're in the right room. <laughs> she eats while peeing? In, what else do you do in there? While showering. Ah, oh, That is weird. She, she said that
1: she eats uh, breakfast sausages and drinks coffee in the shower.
0: Uh, uh, i guess coffee and hot sausages would be steamy anyway i don't know i mean it, 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 i like showering i
1: like sausages but as soon as it is in your like wet hand and then you bring it, it has to sort of
0: go under the water <laughs> uh, to get to you i assume she has they're probably rich right she's probably got one of those big showers where you like a shower on one end and you can step out of it and you're still in the shower space whereas if you did that at my house you'd be in the bedroom you know what that's
1: a really good point because i was just picturing in your i was shower. picturing this in my shower <laughs> yeah, which is in like a really tiny apartment not in like an la mansion so you're probably right it's
0: probably yeah. she could like strut a few steps and sit yeah a they've probably got one of those double showers so like jt's just like all naked and showery and the other and she walks around she's got to find the right sausage and all that stuff <laughs> <laughs> uh all right good uh, well, i th- i think i did all right on that one what uh who else you got
1: i i don't know um i had to look up who this was but once i looked up who she was she is quite famous shailene woodley uh you're gonna nervous. have to help me out <laughs> she's been in she i mean she's been in a few movies we don't have to get into it um this is she eats something weird uh okay so she's from america i mean on... i've essentially narrowed it down to everything other than food so if you get it first go i'm gonna be amazed oh my god she eats raccoons
0: <laughs> oh my god can you imagine if i found a celebrity that eats <laughs> raccoons that'd be so relevant uh no I, I got nothing it's either that or like it's gotta it's gotta be poop another poop related one it's not poop good god i wish it was poop as no, well it's worse kinda... than poop and raccoons oh. she eats clay Ah, uh, not no she doesn't it gets worse because uh. she has a reason for eating clay Ah, oh, she poops out pottery <laughs>
1: if you could stop interrupting with cooler more interesting (laughs) things than reality that would be great sorry she's one of those people who uses words like it bonds to negative isotopes and cleans heavy metals in your body
0: oh no (laughs) yeah i don't want to talk about her anymore she sucks never watching any of her movies again well the last one is it's it's a what movie okay what movies of hers have you seen recently you're right. Rob I quickly seen any goes of them. to IMDb. <laughs> no, well, according to this, she's in like the Divergent or Insurgent or a, the yeah the, those stupid movies that I never watched. Me neither. Yeah. See, don't worry about it. I won't. All right. I got a, I got a last one for you. Is it a doozy? It's the fucking queen. Ah, oh, corgis. She eats corgis. <laughs> That's why she farms them. God,
1: what a twist that would be. It's actually been three different corgis every year for <laughs> the last eighty years. And
0: she's just fattening them up them up so she yeah. can eat them
1: it's not uh, corgis uh she eats she I'll, I'll give you she eats a normal food in a weird way
0: in a in a queenly way oh okay she eats like breakfast cereal with a knife and fork or something oh my god you're so fucking close it's <laughs> really <unbelievable. laughs> uh what does she do
1: she eats bananas with a knife and fork oh that's weird and she she is quoted as saying that she does it because she refuses to eat bananas like
0: a monkey oh gosh she's so above us do
1: but, but you monkeys are the best at eating bananas
0: <laughs> that's true <laughs> she's doing um, it in a worse way yeah yeah good what an idiot do you feel much Greed. affinity for the queen Lloyd? are you a? uh oh are they, a i'm anti-anti-monarchist are you oh yeah because I the think... government system in your country is real real good my country is wales all
1: right i just live in america
0: oh yeah is there government no i in think Wales? it's
1: it's it's the british government right i don't want to talk about it okay. the more i look into it the more depressing it gets yeah oh good um, uh, so no, the monarchy of- it's so it's so archaic and stupid and pointless like why, why is there a queen living in a
0: fucking castle in 2021 I, I wish i was living in a castle um speaking of eating raccoons <laughs> oh god <laughs> apparently uh they used to do that in the u.s Uh, it was used to as in like, yeah, not uncommon to find raccoon meat on the table in like the early 20th century. So like in the twenties. Oh, that's actually more modern than I expected. Yeah. Right. Uh, apparently Calvin Coolidge, who I assume, you know who that is. I do. Oh, really? (laughs) I had to look it up. 30th US president, 1923 to 1929. Uh, they delivered the, the Thanksgiving raccoon that was going to be eaten at Thanksgiving, uh. But they, like, introduced it before they'd killed it. <laughs> and he was like, actually, we're going to keep this. So a raccoon was in power at the White House for a short period. In-, in power? Ah, they adopted it. So I assume he was the one making all the calls. Oh, it's- you made it sound like he was given a political title and was
1: senator <laughs> yeah, for a while. Instead of
0: killing you, you will become Senator Bandito raccoon. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going a little bit. They're also way more aggressive than other rodents like if you get all up in a raccoon's face it's gonna it's gonna get you back Uh, and I was googling global raccoon populations but you know how google suggests other searches I put in global raccoon and after populations was attack (laughs) so I had I had to click on it it's unfortunately not as exciting as it sounds it was mostly just like when have raccoons attacked people (laughs) and some lady in in canada got assaulted by a gang of raccoons and like a gang oh they were like she the article was like she got home to her gate and there were four raccoons bathing i assume she had a bird bath or something in her front yard and her dog barked at them so they attacked them (laughs) and she was traumatized i felt bad because she was like an old person and she was traumatized by the event but it also when i read it i chuckled so i guess i'm evil All right, well, she she was old,
1: so I have to imagine she had a small dog. Yeah, right? I'm I'm picturing, like, a dog strutting into a front yard, like a normal, I don't know, like, 30-kilo dog. Well, before I realized she was old, I was picturing, like, a big dog and
0: barking. And then four raccoons being like, what did you fucking say? (laughs) Pretty much, (laughs) what did you fucking say? Uh, And they're also, they've been reported to have killed dogs as well. What? <laughs> by drowning them. So, raccoons are into water, as, as we started with. Um, so, if a dog pursues them into the water, uh, you know, dogs like to chase stuff. Uh, the yeah. raccoon will, will put up fisticuffs with its adorable hands. And, like, it didn't say that they often drown dogs. It was like they would climb onto the back of the dog because they're quite nimble and aggressive. And potentially drown the dog, depending on the situation. And I was like, oh, that's a cool similarity with Australian natives. Kangaroos, which have also the same thing. also been known to to drown dogs, but the way I at least remember what I've been told about kangaroos, it's way more sinister. Like, yeah, kangaroos will like hang out in the middle of like farm uh, dams, and a dog will be like, "Oh, kangaroo! Jump in the water!" And the kangaroo just waits until it gets there, and then just drowns it because kangaroos are quite strong. It's super. I mean, they're, they're huge. They're also way bigger than a raccoon. Yeah. So dark though. I don't know why they do that. The biggest raccoon ever was seventy-five pounds, so like thirty-five kilos, and it's just because he was a pet and he was a real fat boy, just ate potato chips and oh, lollies. He was fat, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like some giant raccoon, which would have been more. That's fun. like, it's like the weight of a German Shepherd. Yeah,
1: it's a it's a big rat. It's a hefty boy. <laughs> a hefty boy. So he- you mentioned this before, but the are rodents, the big.
0: is that a marsupial or
1: is that a different thing
0: ah i've got nothing to tell you on that yeah love it (laughs) uh that's me what did you learn this week lloyd oh rob this week i learned about kate
1: green (laughs) a friend of yours or (laughs) you meet someone kate green is a published writer nice a journalist and a former laser physicist laser physicist Yes. Wow, she's way smarter than us. Yes. Laser physicists study the theory and practice of lasers, which are the light amplification of stimulated emission of radiation. And what does that mean, Lloyd? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Rob. Okay, so. Damn. You can think of it like an echo chamber for light. So, in an echo chamber, you yell something, it echoes back, and then it echoes back again, and again, and again. And it keeps reverberating. <clears throat> Until you die. You keep, if you keep yelling, it's going to create this like unholy reverberating noise. So you think of lasers like that, but in light. And there's a small hole on one side. And all these echoes just kind of repeat and flow out of that hole in really concentrated ways.
0: Yeah, okay. Nice. Great job. I can't believe you actually figured out what lasers are. I am a genius. Again, said that as if you were the first person to do it. <laughs> yeah! Wow, how'd you do I, that, Lloyd?
1: I'm a PhD in lasers now. Wow. Amazingly for our listeners, this fact has nothing to do with lasers. Oh, am I going to be disappointed? <laughs> I don't think so. So, Kate Green um, Your was... Your My mate, Kate Green. She was second in command on the first simulated Mars mission for NASA's High Seas Project, which stands for Hawaii... <laughs> space exploration analog and simulation
0: okay good because i was like i don't think there are any big oceans
1: on mars no (laughs) basically what it means is that her and a bunch of other smart people lived in a fake space station in the hawaiian mountains and pretended it was mars in order to collect data on isolation and food and and behavior and
0: yeah nice nice Ah, that would be terrible
1: it would be terrible because how? I love being alone and I
0: love leaving the company of others. Yeah, I was going to say, it would be good because you'd be away from lots of people, but you would be with a small number of people a lot. Yeah. How uh, How long did they hang out in Hawaii for? On the high seas of Hawaii? <laughs> the high seas of Mountain Hawaii. They were there for <laughs> four months.
1: Oh, okay. That's That's a pretty good chunk of time. Yes um and i know what you're thinking rob i know what you're thinking you're thinking lloyd what specific event in nasa history triggered them to begin using analog missions as a way to collect data for future space travel oh my god thinking right you got me how'd you know yeah okay that's what i was thinking too (laughs) so it's actually a very terrifying story oh damn in 1966 a fella called gene cernan he was a u.s astronaut and he was in space and part of what he was doing while in space was testing out a jetpack that the air force had designed for use in space yes for like getting around space just like like a a little propulsion that's been in the movies for sure yeah and it was stowed on the outside of the the spacecraft so Mm. he was the second um the second american i think but there'd been other russians that had done it but the second american who did a spacewalk oh when when abouts is this this was in 66 66 yep 1966 <laughs> okay. 1766 so, yeah. <laughs> wow he his spacesuit had to be altered in order to use the jetpack yeah but once he was out there in space, those alterations basically made him super hot. His body heat overwhelmed the cooling system. Oh. Um, he... His hands, like, lost dexterity. He was sweating so much and creating so much heat that his visor was blurring over. Oh, So he's, he's in space. Float, floating around yeah. in space. Yeah. And he can barely grab onto the handholds. Not only that, but the thing is so bulky that if he grabs on it to a handhold and, like, in zero gravity, if you just bump it and you're now an inch away that's just like you float forever and his reflexes weren't quick enough because the suit was so heavy oh it was it was a disaster so he managed to get back inside but only just apparently there's some nasa rule that if someone is lost you just go to earth you just like abort mission you fly back down to earth and his co-astronaut i don't remember his name but his co-astronaut basically left it like the last second and cernan got back in and then Survived and they made it back down. Four. But it made NASA think like, how do we train astronauts to deal with things in space without sending them to space? And one of the things were <laughs> on, that was is one expensive training program. Even, oh, right. I mean, more expensive. And they had a, th- a contractor that was doing like building underwater space shuttles and doing diving. Oh, okay, for the whole low gravity thing. Right, and. Cernan apparently had been kind of ridiculed in the media and felt ostracized by other astronauts as it was his failure. When history oh, as in Cernan like after he got back to Earth,
0: everyone was like, you could have done that better.
1: Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> It's so rude. So he stuck his hand up and he was like, I will do these, these experiments, these analog experiments. I want to make this better for people. Like I want to dive back in headfirst. And he did the underwater diving experience and he was like, this is 75% as realistic as space. And NASA was like, hell yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, nice. So
1: that was like their first big training thing. And that grew into these analog missions where people pretend to live on Mars, which is less about zero G and more about what happens if we put eight people in a small building with terrible food and terrible access to the rest of humanity. What do they do and how do they feel? And then how can we use that information so that when we actually do it, they're happier and more productive
0: yeah does it turn into a, a bloodbath thriller because they all hate each other at the end of it no which was the interesting part they did a wait so let me just let me just clear it so analog experiments are just like basically simulations to try and mimic things that would happen in space or on mars or in whatever exactly what and yeah. this one happened gotcha. to be a behavioral mission yeah
1: nice so that was nasa's overall goal well okay so this was done by a another scientist whose name i cannot remember um, yeah, I it was set remember. up by another scientist who sent her data to nasa and oh yeah nasa then uses it to adjust what they do sure and the goal of this one was how do people react in close proximity for that amount of time with little contact but also how does food play a role in space oh so the first uh, the first guy in space, the, the Russian fella, Yuri. Yuri's you know, good. Yuri, he took with him meat paste and chocolate sauce served in a, in like a toothpaste tube that he just squeezed out and ate during oh, his couple days in space. Oh, God. Just those two and that things? Was like, were they mixed? Yeah, that was, that was it. No, the, he just like had a toothpaste of meat and a toothpaste of chocolate. And Gross. that kept him going. And for a long time, NASA was like, well, we need to send minimum weight maximum nutrition and calories yeah Yeah. they'll just deal with it they're professionals we've vetted out the weaklings like they'll be fine yeah but they've realized that the impact of food socially and morally is like
0: hugely undervalued in space travel yeah i mean i guess when you think about it like uh, maybe less so now, but through most of human history, like food is is such a huge like cultural and mm-hmm. and social thing. like families get together and cook and hang out and whereas you know fast food just doesn't have the same probably effect on mental health.
1: Yeah, and that's what they're they're realizing. and part of this experiment was NASA trying to understand, is there a trade-off of adding more food, but astronauts will be more productive? Because one of the things they know is that the longer an astronaut is in space, the more weight they lose they eat less food the longer they're in space
0: yeah yeah for sure and that's, or, they th- i guess also they're doing less like you lose weight cuz you're not using muscles as much right muscles degenerate yeah
1: yeah they do they, they do what they can to to work out but yeah. it's it's tough and they think it's partly like homesickness and boredom and partly menu fatigue of like i just mentally cannot eat the same dry astronaut food yeah, i actually just again. don't want any more of this dehydrated ice cream yeah yeah exactly so the overarching experiment in this high seas project was they could alternate between fresh food i, I say fresh it's not like fresh veggies and things yeah. but real food that lasts a long time that they could cook and make things and then alternate i think it was weekly with traditional astronaut food like dried packaged mm. terrible food Yeah. Um, And then they would, yeah, exactly. And they would fill out questionnaires before and after reading about how do you feel? (laughs) How did it taste? Are you looking forward to it? Did it smell good? Yeah. And then at night they would fill out a full questionnaire of like, who did you interact with? How did you feel about those interactions? Uh, So it was like pretty monotonous. Yeah. I would, if, if we, if we did that in normal life, most of it would be negative. Well, that was what I was thinking is like, even if I'm having a great time, that alone
0: would annoy me. (laughs) how do you feel about this survey terrible survey prepare to die um i feel like that the whole survey question filling out thing would also take away some of the joy of looking forward to the fresh meals like how do you feel about this good food that you're gonna have shut up and let me eat it already she
1: did speak about that in the book a little bit about how it kind of i don't know if this is a word but laboratizes their whole life like they're in one big study sounds well i mean they were though (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What but did they she also expect? She also spoke about how they went through essentially like astronaut vetting. Wow, um, oh. they were NASA called them like faux astronauts. They went through all the personality training, the physical training, psychological oh. um, training. So these so, people were like intense explorers, the personality
0: to like go into the great beyond. Yeah, I assume. Stuff. I assume they passed all of that. They didn't just do it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They. So I mean, like they it, weren't. It could have been qualified astronaut or got to a level of of qualification. So one of the people
1: on the in the high seas experiment applied to be an astronaut before coming to this program and she got to like the oh. final round like the last few people before she was cut. So these these yeah. are like legit quite intense smart dedicated people. Yeah. So I mean
0: you sent me a link uh to determine if if we were intelligent, smart, dedicated potential astronauts i did indeed um and i i took the test that i assume is a far reduced version of the actual testings i mean it took us 15 minutes i think astronaut applications must be like a year at least but I, (laughs) i i mean i felt like i was i was i was on the way i mean the website told me that i'm an aspiring astronaut I'm oh, that's amazing! 70- I got planetary potential. <laughs> well, which one of those is better? Well, you just said seventy, so it's about to put yeah, c- the shit on my parade. <laughs> really? Yeah, I got I got seventy percent. Uh, I guess you know correct in these various questions. <laughs> what is? What did you get? Worse than that? How much worse? Uh all right, I'm gonna guess forty-three. Forty-seven. Ah, oh, so what? What did it call you? Planetary potential. Look, f- fuck off. Did you? <laughs> is, is that like you have potential to stay on this planet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Earth planetary potential. <laughs> but did you did you sure. copy down your results breakdown? Uh, I did. Yes. Yeah. I took some screenshots. So, all right. So let's, for those, let's go one by one. Yeah, for those tuning in, it's a it's an astronaut aptitude test, but obviously a, you know test light. So it's it's a few questions of things that they might look at. Uh or well, let's get into it. So first section is physicality. I imagine you probably hit 110% on that load. 80. Yeah, I'm at 60. I think it discounted me. You're too tall. Yeah, it was like it it had the questions and then it had a little fact that potentially helped with some of the questions. And it was like, yeah, most astronauts have to be less than six foot three. And I was like, well, okay, I guess I'm going to get zero on this test. But I suppose it it just overlooked that as a potential flaw. (laughs) So I actually, before we continue on, I have an interesting tidbit
1: about astronaut size that in this book I read and then in, in further research I did, there's a big push right now for female astronauts. The average woman is lighter. The average woman takes up less space and eats less food which Ah. on a space station is like an unbelievable advantage because you can take more food, you can go longer, you can store more things. (laughs) Go longer, do more, faster, better. Yeah. The scientist whose quote I read in the book I read, whose name I cannot remember, but it's definitely legit. (laughs) Yeah. He cited studies that in environments like space, which is close proximity and high stress, Mm. that women handle that stress better and are more effective astronauts in that environment so
0: i'd say like a big in push right now in most environments women are more effective <laughs> probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you can tell we're not very smart uh, all right yeah no that's that is an interesting tidbit makes sense yeah um all right what's what's uh, so spatial visualization i'm i'm hitting yeah. the nail on the head here with a strong hundred percent killing it i got 67 Ah, so, that was the questions where they like, give you patterns and stuff and you have to like yeah. figure out what the next pattern is. Or, All
1: right. What about knowledge? Knowledge is a pretty intense I'm, section. Turns out I'm bad at it.
0: Uh, 50%. I got 25%. Oh, they just asked like general knowledge facts. I don't know anything. Yeah. I couldn't I even mean, remember the order of the planets. I definitely got that wrong.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I will I got- say that... that my wife, who is a scientist, took this and scored in between us. But ah. her
0: um, knowledge was either 75 or 100%. She <laughs> did get on that. Better than us. Uh, yeah. And there's no answers, so you don't actually know what you got wrong. <laughs> Except for the ones no. that you know you got wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I would do well on the next section, which is education. I only got 33%. Yes, but it asked you... Wasn't it just a yes or no question? i thought it was like yeah do you have a degree in engineering or mathematics and i clicked yes i don't know if any of the other questions related to education yeah i clicked no and i got zero percent <laughs> so the best you can do is maybe one of the like knowledge questions counted as education as well yeah maybe so we're dumb at facts uh and then look i banged out the rest 100 percent in abstract reasoning and personality oh i didn't even remember 100 percent personality take that
1: lloyd I also got a hundred percent personality, rope, so I'm an idiot, but I'm perfectly suited for space travel.
0: That's <laughs> why we're so compatible. Uh, yeah. Good. So, I mean, look, I don't think either of us is ever going to space. I'm high. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna screenshot this Google test with him. <laughs> but it's got space in the background. It must be legit. I know, that made it so much worse. Like, they, <laughs> the space background, I'm like, is this for children? Should I not be doing this? It's definitely... Oh, but like some of the spatial ones, children would be better. It's maybe for like high yeah. school kids. It was the best
1: I could find. I think I, uh, the fact that I found so little tells me that NASA keeps it quite
0: close to the chest. Yeah. Um, so this uh, lady and her space experiment. Yeah. Uh, you said it was the first one NASA had done about, about going to Mars? it was the first simulated mars mission potentially by nasa i think russia did one before that yeah well it was called the the mars 500 yeah which makes it yeah. sound like a, a race car event <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the mars 500 a way more expensive NASCAR. yeah but the mars 500 was an epic failure oh really i must have read a wiki page written by russians <laughs> it sounded like it went it sounded like it went quite well ah oh, that's exciting all right well i'll tell you what i know i only went into it a okay. little bit as like a here's another study they did it was in it was over a few years and they did three stages uh one was like a mm-hmm. 15 day kind of isolation the other one was similar length to to kate green's one that was like 120 days or something and then they did a 520 day full length mission to mars and i think it involved like traveling to mars landing on mars and then returning from mars and it was not as like isolated as the one in hawaii but they were like locked in a, a simulated space station at some russian university and the, the obviously doctored google page that i read was like after the main mission no one had any interpersonal issues uh, everyone was really great and they found out a few interesting things about sleep and in the first three months like activity decreases in isolation steadily oh no sorry dramatically in the first three months and then steadily after that and then you know towards the end like on the return mission they sleep more and it said engage in more personal activities which i did not want to know about yeah no thank you oh so So, tell me how wrong i am so you said
1: you said that they had no interpersonal issues no the russian wiki page said that (laughs) yeah so i i was expecting you to say like they got great data which sure they could have got great data from it but what i read from kate green who did extensive studies on it because she was entering it
0: Ah, so, so she, she talked could also about be, she talked about the Mars 500 in her preparation for the high seas one.
1: Yeah, she did a ton of research on other projects like this one to prepare herself. I mean, she oh, was cool. pretty anxious about it, which is which is fair. Yeah. But what her research told me is that the two guys that did it fucking hated each other afterwards and really? never worked together again. I thought it was six guys or oh, two guys that like coordinated the experiment. Maybe it could have been, but I know there was people in it that ah. they. They never worked together again. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like five hundred days together was like overwhelming for them, and they they hated each other.
0: <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I thought you were gonna say like, <laughs> no, Rob, nothing, nothing bad happened. They just killed each other. <laughs> it turned <laughs> You'll into a bloodbath. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Uh, yes, I mean, they've done an experiment, but it's, I didn't read enough to, to see if they actually learned anything useful. It sounds like the, the NASA one is obviously more well-documented or at least more widely media-sized. Yeah, they put... So, on the NASA
1: one, Kate's obviously a, a journalist, and while she was mm. in the high seas mission,
0: she wrote... <laughs> I still um, think they're on a boat, Lloyd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she wrote for various big companies big website she wrote blog ah, posts cool. while she was there so which i think was probably part of nasa's marketing but also um one of the other people i probably pronouncing her name wrong for wow is a phd in nanotechnology she was there to do tests on smell and bacteria she became something of a celebrity in south america she was doing like really? talk shows and, and radio shows before she went on
0: there nice. which i'm sure like nasa loved they wanted yeah, people sure. to think about it that's awesome uh, it sounds like yeah. pretty. How, how do you think? I mean, it's good preparation for current global situation or the one that we've just been through, uh, with regards to self isolation and lockdowns and COVID and all that fun stuff. We had less of it here in WA than you did in America. Do you think you went through the equivalent of four months of Mars isolation in your apartment? Yeah,
1: honestly, it felt like
0: it. Luckily,
1: it turns out that my wife and I actually get along quite well, which was good. it was that good to good. learn about us. Yeah. you weren't sure Um, before yeah it was a real test (laughs) yeah it i mean it sounded the other stuff they went through was like uh they only had email communication with the outside world and it was on a 20 minute delay which i guess is a recreation of what it would be like on mars how long emails i guess they'd have emails which is amazing but yeah i was
0: gonna say like i read that and i was like yeah that's that's fair enough and then i was like actually that's amazing like only 20 minutes to email someone assuming you got all the comms set up which it sounds like nasa have got sorted from earth to mars yeah which i imagine is like billions of lions distance i couldn't even do the math (laughs) it'll be dead lions but
1: anyway and that was that was my thought process as well but having lived it kate green wrote about a twenty-minute email is essentially a forty-minute delay to get a response because you have to send the email. It takes twenty minutes. Get a mm. response it takes twenty minutes. So that was four months of, of no conversations with friends or family. It's just like long email updates. But also, if they have emergencies, which they had a couple times, oh. communicating with uh, their equivalent of Houston is incredibly frustrating to get answers. Yeah, Do you and th- wouldn't
0: they have some kind of like radio comms,
1: or is that impossible? You mean if if they were on Mars? Yeah, I don't think so.
0: Oh shoot!
1: They'd have to be. They totally certainly didn't. Sufficient. In this, they also felt, and this was quite interesting. They felt um, that the responses they were getting in email were intentionally frustrating, and they kept thinking, "Oh, like, oh they're testing our ability to work as a team." Uh, but doubly inside. interesting is once they left, they asked and they said, "No, we weren't doing that," and it was just them like getting frustrated and paranoid and like living yeah. in their little bubble and like talking to each other and being like, Oh, I bet they're being
0: particularly yeah. difficult today to test us. Uh, oh, damn. Yeah. I reckon you would get inside your own head a bunch. Yeah. Do you reckon you do well in a Mars isolation experiment with not your wife or dog? You know, I, I think I would. I don't think it would get to me that much. Yeah. Yeah. But what if it was with four other people that you, turns out
1: you didn't really like? yeah that would be a pain i mean it sounds like these guys for the most part personality matched and got along quite well they had yeah. they had some there's the new york times wrote about the nutella incident you read about that? <laughs> no tell me about the nutella incident so it was kate and sean were in charge of the food uh-huh. they were the best cooks so they uh-huh. were in charge of recording how much food they had mm-hmm. and after dinner one night Uh, i believe it was simon who was a combat engineer he did robotics and their it for them and stuff Nice. Uh, not their it but he had a he had a 3d printer so he helped them with mechanical stuff he asked them after dinner he's like is there enough nutella that i can have a spoonful as dessert as like a little treat and they were like oh hell yeah get your nutella boy (laughs) and he ate a spoonful of nutella just as another guy angelo who was the commander walked Uh in and Um, angelo apparently went ape shit really and he was like that nutella is is rationed it's for everyone you can't just go around eating this we have to live it together and like went on and on and then um sean and kate were like whoa it's cool we we told him like he asked us we said it was okay and angela was like oh god i'm sorry but simon just like left and it was like a source of huge con- controversy and and discontent among them <laughs> mars experiment failed due to nutella yeah well it was such a big deal that all six of them in their like exit interview this was like four months of stuff all yeah. six
0: of them mentioned it in <laughs> really yeah that's hilarious i i read briefly in one of the articles that she they've kept in contact with most of the team but one of the people that was there has like moved to new zealand and doesn't speak to them anymore yeah yeah that was in the book as well
1: <laughs> but i mean the, these people are like explorers so the guy that moved to new zealand is
0: probably like on a mountain collecting uh, yeah, geological guess, substances doing something fun Um, So speaking of Mars uh, and this kind of little geodescent dome experiment made me immediately think of The Martian, which is a book by Andy Weir, but obviously more famous uh, for the Matt Damon movie. Have you seen or read? I have seen, but not read. Uh, Oh, you should definitely, definitely read the book. It's so good. So for those that haven't seen it, it's it's a Mars mission in the future. Uh, I think they like rotate a team on Mars every... X number of months or years, Uh, and there's this like freak storm, so they all have to like abort and bail on the mission. Captain Matt Damon gets like struck by something (laughs) from the storm and gets knocked out, and they think he's killed, and they have to leave because, like you say, they got to bail before everyone dies. He gets impaled, I think. I can't quite remember, maybe, or maybe it looks like he gets impaled or something. Yeah. Anyway, he's presumed dead and they all leave Mars. Uh, It turns out he's alive and he survives and he does all this, like, cool stuff to, like, survive by himself on Mars and then try and escape. And it's all very, like, feel good. Um, And I was like, how real could that book and or movie be? I mean, obviously, we don't know because no one's been to Mars yet, but how much science is it? Haven't you? Uh, Look, I was thinking about it, but I thought I would do the podcast this weekend instead. So, maybe next weekend. So, the director, who is Ridley Scott, I think? Yep. Star Wars, uh, etc. Yeah. He, uh, he actually uh, he got, got NASA people to fact check the movie, which is That's cool. so cool. Because the book was originally thought to be pretty accurate, like the di- the, guy, the author's done a good job. Um, and then in the movie, they wanted to see, you know, how much flack they might get on the web mm. from, from people being like, oh, no, that, that wouldn't happen like that. So NASA fact checked it. And generally, it's pretty accurate. You can grow potatoes or potentially you can grow potatoes in Martian soil. Uh, it's something that can be done and they're like actually or at the time we're currently doing simulations on what martian soil would be and could they grow anything in it on earth Uh, because they've got samples and all that stuff so most of it was pretty accurate the main thing that i read was like not that accurate was like the main initiator for the movie the big old storm super dramatized really (laughs) yeah so they have storms on mars with like 100 mile per hour winds uh, and dust storms are, are a thing. But because Mars's atmosphere is, is like, way less than that on Earth, and there's only 30% of the gravity, 100-mile-per-hour uh, winds just don't carry the, like, impact that they do. So, it would just feel... It would be going that fast, so the dust would be moving that fast, but it would just feel like a, a breeze on Earth. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, the whole drama that you see on the screen with them, like, oh, my God, big storm, and things flying all over the place, nothing would move. It would just be a lot of dust moving quite fast and you'd be <laughs> able to walk through it. You'd be fine. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and they do have, like, they have tornadoes on Mars. It's been captured by one of the, I think, the Spirit rover, but they're not like a big old tornado that would devastate a coastal city on Earth. It just it's probably more like a willy-willy, just like a yeah, yeah. a dusty, wispy, tall, blowy boy uh, yep. roving around. A blowy boy. Yeah, a blowy boy nothing would happen so I thought that, w- that was quite interesting um, and I need to see the movie because I thoroughly enjoyed the book you haven't seen the movie no I'd, uh, I just never got around to it Probably well let's didn't. swap I'll read the book because the movie is also excellent yeah good let's
1: do it yeah alright well to to wrap up my interesting tidbit with food in space specifically ah, awesome the advancement from Yuri it's like Gagarin or something I, you know oh yeah,
0: no, yeah Gagarin.
1: that sounds right yeah uh, Chocolate eating, sauce eating paste. and meat paste. Oh, gross! Disgusting. Astronauts now actually participate in tasting sessions before each mission, so that the food they take up is food that they like. Oh, um nice. So they can try the recipes and the foods, and they also take up fresh food lockers, so that they also have like bread and fruit that, ah. at time intervals, they can open up and have like some fresh fruit. Yeah. So like it's fully sealed or whatever,
0: and then yeah ah that's awesome that's a great plan although i'm sure even if you taste tested it you would get sick of whatever you've taken up maybe not so much for the iss but as i think i read it's like eight months to travel to mars or in the martian the the travel time is eight months and they were like yeah that's relatively accurate
1: yeah so i think it was it wasn't the book i was reading it might have been um an interview i was watching with with um brian cox was talking about space travel Mm and basically if you get to mars it's a huge time to get there like Mm. months and months but once you get there you can either stay for 30 days or over a year and it's basically because they need to wait for mars to get back to the right position oh there's like a window to get back to earth so 30 days and he's like you can't go to mars for 30 days it's like it's like flying from boston to perth and for a weekend shopping in the terminal and then leaving <laughs> like you need to stay for that amount of time but then that amount of time is unbelievable to be not only in space but a big thing they spoke about is on the iss you can see earth right oh uh, yeah it's the whole psychological
0: thing um, right about being like wow life is meaningless yeah. oh, it's got a name um it's it's a blink 182 song miss you right <laughs> 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 uh, uh if only <laughs> maybe that's it no it's asthenia never heard of it song it's or it's, it's it's a it's among their worst tunes. deep track yeah <laughs> yeah technically it means physical weakness or lack of energy but I think it's a thing that's often experienced by astronauts because of the whole like, isolation and seeing yeah. Earth from not on Earth. I actually they have go. a funny story that I just remembered and I didn't
1: research. Ah, hit but me with the story. I've it's heard probably it at true at some point. I trust um, you. It was an experiment that they did in space. They did a video, and I remember this video was on YouTube, so you can see it if you can piece together the pieces of my story. I will. It's hilarious. It was to do with Newton. Um, mm. It was like an sorry. An, um, With who? Isaac Newton. Sir Isaac Newton.
0: Isaac Newton. That's
1: what I said. Newton. (laughs) Sir Isaac Newton. um, It was uh, an anniversary celebration of his understanding of gravity and Mm. and Earth forces, apples and such. Right. And they took an apple into space <laughs> Good. to like take a photo. And one of the astronauts was like, ooh, fresh apple. And just <laughs> ate it. <laughs> so in the video on YouTube celebrating this, it's a pear and it's hilarious. <laughs> they should have kept like the apple core. I, well, I think because they like all the waste is composted. It got to the photo point and she was like, oh my oh. God, I've eaten that
0: apple. <laughs> I ate the famous apple classic astronauts. They're not as smart as they should be. Not as smart as us. Yeah, nah, look, we're not very no, smart. That's not <laughs> uh, in in conclusion, we're actually not that intelligent. We are unintelligent. Lloyd. Ooh, see what I did there? Um, I although did. on saying that, today's episode felt quite intelligent. Highbrow. Yeah, relatively highbrow, so like if that's not what you're looking for, I guess sorry. Uh we'll try to be more stupid next week, but um I had a great time. So interesting i had super fun super, super fun. <laughs> and we're back smashing smashing so that is episode two of the unintelligent podcast if you want to reach us to complain mostly complaints. on twitter
1: at the UCS Pod, or you can email us at the UCS Podcast
0: at gmail.com well that's all we have time for this week been great hanging out with you lloyd we'll catch y'all on the next week's episode of the Unintelligent Podcast. Cheerio. I totally forgot to mention one of my raccoon facts. Male raccoons, uh, which are apparently called bores, Uh they've got straight up bones in their penises. They've got legitimate boners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't, couldn't not include that. <laughs>
1: I have nothing to add. I have nothing to add. <laughs>